This is the Podswoggle Network, a podcast network with entertainment. Just a quick editorial note before we start the show. This episode was recorded before certain trade events happened in the NBA, which will make certain comments later on in the show outdated, yet possibly somewhat more comical. So without any further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Blank Slate. Thanks for pushing play. My name is Rich. I am one half of your hosts here on the Blank Slate, a podcast podcast where we talk about anything but uh, a certain performing art that takes place in a ring across the skype broadband is in uh winter garden orlando florida chris mullet how's it going man it's it's going i i'm i'm regretting my sock choice today because i thought i forgot these new socks really make my feet smell and i know i'm having to sit here and my foot smell when i record this you made your bed and now I have to own, sit in it. You know, you got a smell in it. <laughs> uh, happy New Year, by the way, bitch. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. I I don't remember if I called you on New Year's. I don't think I did. <laughs> I'd had a few drinks, and I was on our friend Steve Riel's roof. Steve, who's been on the show before. Um, did you get my text that I sent you that night, though, about what I was doing after we were done yeah, lighting yeah, fireworks? Yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah. You got it? Yeah. Uh, for, of course, uh, the people that are listening don't know what that text was. Uh, Steve, as you heard on the Greatest Comic Book Character Show, uh, of course, he has a plethora of comic book-related toys. He went to his home in the holiday season, came back with boxes upon boxes of classic Ninja Turtles toys. And also, he had a bunch of like all the old Marvel like stuff. I might be buying some stuff off of him, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> He was like, yeah, I got to sell this stuff. I'm like, all right, well, this, this, and this. Give me a price. And he laughed. I'm like, no, I'm fucking serious. Give me a price. <laughs> and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. But, yeah, so, I, of course, Rich being a giant Ninja Turtles fan, I sent him uh, pictures of these boxes that Steve just had everything in. Speaking of Ninja Turtles, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I've posted the latest comic book that I've picked up. Really, the first comic book that I've picked up, like, in its actual run. Uh, this crossover between the Ghostbusters and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm pissed because I saw that. I, I was after I already bought uh, one of the Christmas presents I got for Rich this year was almost, uh, it was every real Ghostbusters comic book I could find at the Orlando Comic Con. Yeah. Back from like, I'm guessing it's the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, and right after I bought all that and bought a ton of other stuff, I saw that comic book at the Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And also, they sell it at Hot Topic, too. I was like, oh, come on. This is like, only thing that's missing this is a big titted woman, and, and which is golden forever. They're making it for an audience of one, and that's me. <laughs> and it's, and here's the thing is, I'm just so wrapped up, and I'm just so, I'm too close to it to be able to tell if it's actually good or not. Because they're hitting all the right trigger points for me as far as references and Easter eggs and little nods to this. I know and what that's like. They're just I can imagine, crushing it. And I can imagine. It, I mean me. And by me, I mean my childhood. Because after this, childhood is done. It's over. All nostalgia ends. And I leave Never Neverland. And I'm an adult. And I become... <laughs> You know, and then, you know, Toodles loses his marbles and Pizza Panning, a divorced man or whatever the Dustin Hoffman's line is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing I was going to say was uh, I, I kind of I liken that to something I wanted to, to to not kick off with, but I thought we'd eventually get to is um, 
Uh, of course, you and Robert are are Gotham, are the Gotham guys on the show. That you're, we're catching you up on every four or six episodes. We're the Gotham guys. And I, I wanted to talk about that. I haven't watched it in like eight episodes. I have it. I still have it on my DVR. So you're only two episodes in. Uh, no, I think I don't. I don't know what the exact number there is. I think only I've been seen ten episodes. It just came. Well. 11 because it just came back from its hiatus. I think I've seen three or four. Okay. I think I've, I, I don't know what the exact number is. I just know the number keeps growing. And I said to you before you guys really started getting into this that it was kind of losing me already. And I think I've taken up two opinions of it. Number one, I have more enjoyment listening to you guys talk about the show than I do actually watching it. Like, I, I see Gotham episodes. I'm just like, yes, here we go, baby. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to listen to them. And, you know. I'll watch them and I'll form my own opinions. Yeah. But now I'm at, but now the question I wanted to pose and you can pose this to Robert the next time you guys on the show is because Robert and to a lesser extent you have such a, a large and emotional attachment to Batman or, and seek out all these Easter eggs. Are you getting more enjoy more enjoyment out of it than possibly you should? If that makes sense. Because all I see a lot of I see a lot of other people um, online, like a lot of Batman fans and most of the reviewers that I, I read and some of them I kind of trust that have been like really like cramping down and, and crapping on that show. A lot of them, a lot of opinions I've read are kind of unjust, but other ones I kind of agree with. Yeah. So I just wanted to, I wanted you to pose that on your next Gotham podcast to Robert and you can kind of address it now quickly if you want it to just see is, is something that you, you dig the concept so much that you're looking at everything with rose tinted glasses. Um. Well, I think like the Easter egg aspect definitely adds another element of watching that you don't really get with any other shows, okay. um, which is fun, which I'm sure they do that in like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Agent Carter or whatever. But like, here's the thing. Gotham isn't a good show. And you guys have said that before. Yeah, it's not a, a good show in form uh, or, or, or presentation, but it's hitting the right spots without cuz well okay that being said i need to form my thoughts here that being said it's not a great show but all those other like the marvel tv shows are well i haven't watched oh, yeah. Carter, I, I, I lasted, know, but shields I, is, is hot garbage i lasted just as long with shield as i have with gotham so far and i want to watch agent carter cuz i really like that actress so the thing that's great to watch about gotham is we know what the obvious pitfalls are for that show and what could really make that show just hot, just, just a dumpster fire and it's not falling into them and it's not falling into them in the way that they're making actual interesting turns when they're mm -hmm. not falling into those, those, those traps. Um, and again, also like Robin Lord Taylor is great to watch as the penguin. He's almost worth watching for that alone. Um, where you're at right now does get better. There's definitely some really cool, interesting scenes coming up. Uh, Donald Logue as as Bullock just gets fucking better. Um, I love I love him, man. I he's my favorite part of the show, and he was what's keep me in it a lot of the he gets, time. He but. gets some good he gets some good looks towards the end of the first half of the season. Okay, uh, I think I remember you saying something about like him with hookers. I think, man, just you know, just this one chick, and it's great. Just the way he shows up, <laughs> it's fucking great. I don't want to okay. spoil anymore. Uh, okay, but yeah, it. 
You don't have to go too far. It's so much worse is what it is. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now I got you. All right. Now you're on board. (laughs) Yeah. Like it it could just be this shitty. Well, hell, I'll say it uh, as a, a cross promotion with picked up. It could just be like a shitty Batman or Bruce young Bruce Wayne meets like 90210 where it could just be like him in fucking, you know, high school or middle school or whatever, just being emotional and just shitty or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah it's terrible. We all know your parents died. We get it. We know. Wham, wham, wham. Yeah. You know, but instead they're show the worst part of the show is probably Jada Pinkett Smith. She's terrible. Really? Everything I see says it's she's the best part of the show. That's why I'm so intrigued about hearing your guys like I, I what I what I would encourage you to do, and you don't have to go super in depth on it, but I want you and Robert to seek out like some of the reviews from places like EW and Collider mm-hmm. and Hitfix and stuff like that and address some of those critiques and some of those positives and put your spin on it. Because I like I heard you guys and be like, Yeah, Jada Pickett Smith, whatever. And everything I read is just like, Man, I wish she had more to do. And I'm just like that's not what I saw, and that's not what Robert and Rich are seeing either. I feel like that comes from a place of, oh, there's this original character, so let's encourage that. Yeah. When it's so shoehorned in, and no. I just want her storyline to be over with. I hope that she's going to see a demise at sometime soon, if not hope at the she, end of the Hope season. she sleeps with her namesake, am I right? Uh, or as a uh, friend, future friend of the show... Uh, uh, for Snark Squad, Marinez uh, pointed out to me on Twitter uh, that, you know, what do penguins eat? Fish. He's going to eat her? <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say shit about the show then. Yeah, if Robin Lord Taylor eats Jada Pinkett Smith to death. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you have to clarify. Uh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that's a lot of where that comes from though okay so because she's otherwise not interesting her character's not adding to the story yeah she took it out of took took me out of it every single time i was watching and she was on screen i'm just like man whatever yeah exactly so uh also another interesting thing to see how this second half of the season uh shapes out just before we move on is the fact that it was originally ordered for 16 episodes Back when Kevin Riley was the president of Fox and he was trying to do this whole no pilot thing. Mm-hmm. And it got not just, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do pilot seasons. And then it just got picked, not just picked up, but they ordered for a full 22 episode season, I believe so it they, is. So it's to squeeze in an extra six episodes and make it. Yeah. Seem- yeah. So I'm hoping that they don't panic and, and blow their wad on a lot of things. Because another thing that Robert and I will talk about on this Gotham podcast are sort of the pacing of you know, uh, uh, beats of right. the Batman story. So we do know, uh, I haven't watched the mid season premiere, but, uh, we do know that, Oh, well, I don't want to spoil anything for you. So never mind. But yeah. So yeah, that's, that'll be interesting. I think to watch. Okay. Um, well, and also it's, it's weird now that we have picked up. It's like, I want to ask you like, well, what are you watching? I'm like, well, I know what you're watching. And hopefully everyone that's listening knows what you're watching. <laughs> Uh, but we can talk about it a little bit more though. I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm watching more than just that. I'm serious, dude. Lights out was fucking amazing. And I can't <laughs> and talk I, about it enough. 
I swear to God, I'm glad it's going to be on the record. I know we talked about that show. I'm glad you told me that because I have no recollection of that. Because I, I specifically whatsoever. thinking, I, spe- I remember specifically thinking that I just wasn't interested because it came at a time like it was like right after the fighter. It was like, you know, I was kind of like, all right, yeah, boxing. I fucking get it. <laughs> like, yeah. And also it was that makes FX. Sense. It, it just didn't stand out to me. And I, it was right around the time when I was trying to get into Mad Men and, and other shows. And I was just like, all right, well, this will be a one and done was what I thought. Now I'm just like, well, now I want to watch this fucking show. Yeah. If that show came out now, it would be it would crush everything else that's coming out now for the yeah. most part. Perhaps my obsession with Lights Out and this newfound respect for boxing has has taken over a little bit too much of my mind space and i've actually taken to looking up some boxing books on audibletrial.com slash blank slate that's audibletrial.com slash blank slate for your free 30-day trial of audible and a free audible download and as well as access to over 150,000 audiobooks in their marketplace. And, you know, I've actually come across some very interesting boxing books that are on audiobook. Like, When Boxing Was Like Ridiculously Racist by Ian Carey, narrated by Chris Dabbs. Uh, that's got to be interesting. There's got to be some messed up stories in there. Or what about Cinderella Man, about the greatest upset in boxing history? The abridged version, written by Jeremy Schapp and narrated by Jeremy Schapp of ESPN. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash blank slate for your free audible trial and free 30-day free trial and free audiobook download. Also, uh, this one guy I know has a few books up there as well named Rich Camelucci. You can give him a little look-see as well. He's got about like four books up. Two more coming out this uh, uh, this year coming uh, month of January. So check that out. And now back to the show. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to seek it out just because of you. Um, I mean, I have a laundry list of things I need to seek out. Um, yeah. uh, I'm glad the kind of the holidays happen because it kind of is like a reset on like my DVR. Mm-hmm. So my DVR besides Gotham is pretty empty. So now it's gonna get filled back up with all the new stuff um well not all the stuff that's coming back only really new thing like i said i'm interested in is agent carter because i'll give all the comic book shows a couple episodes and then finally i'm just like it peters out um not really anything else for me i i i know you were digging on a lot of cable stuff that i like like the like the show stars and showtime shows that i don't get um that i definitely want to the one I'm most interested in is the missing. Really good, real man. What? Yeah, uh, I think they may have said it on Hollywood Perspectives or no, on the BS Report. It's it's hard to watch if you have a kid. So if you don't have a kid, watch it while you can. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. That's why I'm like, yeah, I need to watch this before shit happens. <laughs> Which it's interesting because it got picked up for a second season. So it'll be interesting to see if Could it's it, going to be a new story or if they're going to try to continue if it's going to fall into the trap of what the, what the killing did and be like 
you give a, you give a result because I don't know what happened, but like the the big thing, I, I never watched the killing either, but I know that people were like rip shit mad at that show for not giving them a conclusion right away. Yeah, people it, were angry. <laughs> like, people, people got so angry over the killing. I woke up one morning and there was like rioters outside and I'm like, what the fuck happened? Did we like kill somebody else? No, the the killing just had a bad ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like everyone, and like like when the show came back, like half the viewers were gone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I specifically remember like like some article that was just like Killing comes back to dreadfully low return. I'm like, yeah. wasn't the show just getting like four million viewers on AMC, like beating Mad Men, and now it's like can't even beat that stupid Kiss football show. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I I I I'm interested as well to see kind of how that handles or how that works out. Um. Another TV thing I don't think we've talked about because uh, one of the shows that I know we actually have both watched or that we did watch was True Detective. Um, I don't think we ever on the show talked about the second season cast. Uh, my expectations are set very low. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I love uh, who's the director they got for the first two. I always get them confused. It's not Justin Lin, right? It's the guy that does Saw. <laughs> I think Hold Justin on. Lin is actually he's directing some of those episodes, isn't he? Is it? Hold on, I, I think I, it is. Because these two guys are doing everything, and this is this, 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 this could probably be racist, but I can never get Justin Lin and James Wan. Organized. Oh yeah, James Wan. That's right. Well, I'm looking it up right now. Hold one's on. cars, one's horror. Yeah, but no, but they're not. Like Justin Lin just signed on to do the next uh, Star Trek movie. Well, but I thought, I thought it was James Wan because James Wan's doing like something else. It's just like, all right, well, if you guys just figure this out or well, what if you change your name to something ridiculous? <laughs> uh, uh, where is it? That, that, that's probably cast aside. That is probably the one of the biggest reasons why I'm setting my expectations so low is because one of the most unique aspects of the first season was that it was all under the direction. Every episode was under the same director. Carrie. Yeah. Carrie. Carrie Fukunawa. Hey, um, we both we, let's go, girls. Let's go. <laughs> and we actually both managed to not screw it up, which yeah. is a miracle. Uh, uh, whereas I believe all these episodes are still going to be written by Nick Pizzolatto, but they're going to be yeah, they're all going to have multiple it's directors. Lin. It's just it is Justin Lin. Lin. Okay, that's he's what doing I the first two episodes. So did I, but I just had to make sure that it was that was the case. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, expectations are low. Uh, I just saw here that Rick Springfield was added in a role. Yeah, like literally, like the Rick Springfield that sang Jesse's Girl. <laughs> Speaking of Jesse's girls, Jesse's Girl. I'll say this: I finally watched Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, I've I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it once. It was the thing that it was the movie that killed my Netflix subscription for actual DVDs because I had it for like six months. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Oh my god, it's so fucking good. Did you uh, did you listen to it before or after the, the the BS report? I bumped it up in my internal queue so I can listen to that BS report episode. Ah, it makes it so much. Immediately made me want to rewatch it with Bill Simmons and Joe House. Absolutely, <laughs> it's it's every great part. Like, oh my god, that movie's just so fucking good. That movie is every great part of every great uh, Scorsese, Tarantino, and Spielberg movie. Yeah. Yeah, just on 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 and and Heather Graham and Heather. Oh, and Heather <laughs> Graham prime. Yeah. And Heather Graham. 
Have another better Graham. I fucked that up. <laughs> Have, Heather, never better Graham. There you go. Nailed it. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, so we're already talking movies. I mean, it'll, it's going to be covered on uh, Coming Up Married with Movies, but I finally saw an Oscar film this <laughs> season. Took me forever. I saw Birdman. What did you think of Birdman? Have you seen it? I have seen it. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. I I wish – I love the performances. I thought it was a very well-acted movie. Um, I thought – I, it was hard for Michael Keaton to live up to my expectations, but he did with me personally. Mm-hmm. There's a couple scenes where he just crushes and it made me feel. Also, I thought it was very interesting in that movie uh, for him personally that I felt like he was channeling co-stars of past in certain parts. Like he had a, like it was one point he was like, ju- like exactly like Nicholson to me. And I was like, that's very interesting. He had a couple like Alec Baldwin moments. Hmm. And like, I, I don't know if I, I doubt it was on purpose but it just it struck it like rang out to me hmm. Edward Norton was awesome Emma Stone was awesome Galifianakis is getting no love I thought he was great as well he was my favorite person in that movie he, he was, was really good he went Galifianakis uh for me it went Galifianakis Ed Norton Keaton yeah, Norton. and then Naomi Watts see I I I've never been a big Naomi Watts fan but I thought she was good uh, I, I definitely think Emma Stone, I definitely think Emma Stone was a little un- overrated in the movie but she, I still like Emma Stone there's nothing like really wrong with her oh, I, um, I agree on that the my my problem with the movie was that it it was really good when it didn't try to be heavy handed and it, mm-hmm. it was really good when it was I, you know I'm fine with and this is going to be spoilers alert you know e- even though I don't talk spoilers on Mary's movies but you know kind of the the superpowers that Michael Keaton may or may not have. Like, I was fine with that stuff. Like, you know, and him losing his mind and stuff. But then, like, like at the end of the movie, like, the whole, like, meteor thing and, like, the Bumblebee and Spider-Man on stage, like, that kind of stuff. I'm like, just be a movie. Let's just be a movie. We already made a great point. Let's just steer the course and not try to make a too big of a message here, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It, that took me out of it at the end of the, uh, end of the movie. Um, would go ahead with what you you thought. No, I agree. I thought it was it was really good. Great performances. Um, you know, and even though the uh, let's say the camera motif of you know like the the the, the illusion of one consistent shot mm-hmm. um, was it was well executed. I didn't think that it needed it. I don't think it did either. And I've, and it it took me out of some parts of the movie because yeah. I, I if I hadn't known about it ahead of time. I would have just thought it was cool, but knowing about it ahead of time and like just watching so closely because like having studied film before, yeah, it just drove me insane. <laughs> That's the thing is I didn't even really like know about it ahead of time actually, and it still was like okay, this is cute, I get it. You don't you don't need to do it though. It's fine, right? It's okay. It was it was it's just like showing. It's don't. just trying to be impressive to the point of yeah, you know, insane. Uh, and this thing, like again, uh, as I said, it was it was well executed, but. Like I said, it didn't need it. But what? Yeah, it was not my f- favorite movie of the year. Might crack my top five. I don't think it would crack my top five. I mean, just from pure enjoyment. You've standpoint. also probably seen more movies this year than I have. True. I mean, even just from the summer. The summer wasn't a great year for movies, but just between Captain America, Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Twenty Two Jump Street. Like those are four right there that you know were I I think undoubtedly the four most entertaining movies of the summer and yeah. I'm probably probably forgetting something I haven't uh, seen Captain and I haven't seen Apes 
if I had to go with my top five for the for 2014, it would probably look something like not necessarily in order, but Chef, Whiplash, Lego Movie, 22 Jump Street, and probably Guardians. I forgot about Lego Movie, which yeah. would have been in my five as well. Fuck you for seeing Whiplash. We'll get to there in a second. Bro. We'll get there in a second. Uh, what was I going to bring up? Also, I would nowhere near put it even close to Gone Girl because I loved Gone Girl. Um, and I will encourage everybody, if you get a chance before it's gone, go see Gone Girl in Miami and really experience what it's like to be in a movie theater with people <laughs> that don't know what the fuck movies are. Uh, I think also, I said that before, but do it. Um, also, on Friday night, this past Friday night, uh, saw Interstellar. Which, oh, you find, I have not gotten the three hours to see it. Go on. Here's the thing. My first take, as soon as the movie was over, it did not feel like three hours. That's good. It felt like a two-hour movie. Um, and yeah, it was... I very much enjoyed it. It felt like a blockbuster movie. It felt like a movie with big ideas and grand thoughts, and, and we're just going to execute them come what may. It felt like something that would be made in the, you know, that that would be made with the intention of being a blockbuster in the 70s. Okay. But having the actual resources to to execute everything that they wanted to. Gotcha. I yeah, that makes perfect sense. Cuz there were lines in there that were that were cheesy and corny and you know, I think I I mentioned it on the the next picked up that you know, there's this whole scene in there between McConaughey and Michael Caine. That just the dialogue is really not good, but in the context of which they're saying it, it's you're like, yeah, we we need to go through that fucking wormhole. Spoilers, there's a wormhole. <laughs> uh, and then right after that, we went over to our friend Rudy's apartment and watched the interview. Okay, I I. I let me rephrase that. I spite watched the interview <laughs> because, of course, uh, it was going to be the thing that potentially saved. Well, it didn't save, but made your historically bad fantasy movie season a little bit better. And instead, it got pushed uh, out of theaters. It got punked out. It got bitch slapped by the North Koreans. And so now you might not finish with over 100 points. It's the worst thing. Like, like, like nothing. You know, I look back at my 2014 and to see what I did. And on paper, all I really did was I moved. Right. But also, so, so that's the best thing that happened to me. But also nothing horrible happened to me this year. The interview was the worst thing to happen to me in 2014. Uh, like, yeah, that it was, it's, I'll never forget. I mean, it's going to be like one of the biggest like movie stories for a very long time, but it'll all forever be ingrained for me. I will not think of anything but you when I think of that movie, mm-hmm. like from years from now when like, they're like, man, remember when Seth Rogen almost like started world war three and like all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, my buddy rich, uh, had an awful experience with that movie. Like, Oh, what is he North Korea? No, nah, he just had it in this, <laughs> he just had in this movie league we used to do, you know, stupid thing. Um, but, uh, so how was it? Oh, it wasn't good. I've, yeah, I, I didn't think it looked good from the beginning. I was See, like, it's just a bad idea. That's the thing is I did that. I 
did think it looked good from the beginning. I liked the idea. I liked the concept. It was ballsy. It was off the heels of, you know, playing with a lot of really fun ideas about celebrity and this is the end. And now they wanted to play with the actual, like, geopolitical warfare in in the interview. And I'm, I was fine with that. I'm, I was on board with that. Uh, I fucking hate James Franco. <laughs> I don't think really? he's a funny person. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think he's talented at anything he does. I'm starting to feel that way as well. I've felt, I've been trying to talk myself into James Franco since 2007, and and seven years, seven eight years later, I finally I've I've I'm submitting my thesis. He sucks. What he's he he's an enigma. And no, no, he's not. No, he's fucking no, no, no. not. He, he, here's why. What? Okay, please tell me why. All right, here's why. I feel like James Franco, when he's playing an outra- like when he actually has a character to sink his teeth into, he's okay. I did not like the film Spring Breakers at all, but he was the most redeeming quality of it about how ridiculous he was. Kind of the same thing with 127 Hours. He, he had a really good performance in that film. When you see James Franco be like kind of a normal person or – just James Franco. It's like, this guy just looks like a bored prick. That's just like, Oh fuck. I'm, I gotta make this movie or be on this TV show. Like he was on at midnight to promote the interview before like shit went down with Seth Rogen. And it was just like, he just didn't seem like he wanted to be there. And was just kind of like being like a fucking prude dick. And it was just like, screw you, dude. Like, you know, that talented people can make otherwise flat roles. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's, that happens all the time there are a litany of actors i can watch eat ramen noodles and be enthralled and james franco i can watch try to to tightrope uh from chicago to la while eating balloon sausages and fiddling a fiddle and i could be like fuck off go away but if it was Andre Brower, then you're on board. But if it's Andre Brower, it's the most that is the most compelling performance of the twenty first century. You know, and I'm actually I'm right in front of you in that line. Fucking yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna beat you to that line. Uh he just I hate when he's in comedies because he's not funny, but it feels like he's justifying it because like all my friends are hilarious and they wouldn't let me hang around with them if I wasn't. So here I am. And yeah, he just He's he also just tries to do too many things. He's trying to be a jack of all trades and he's not even close to decent at one of them. I I can appreciate that opinion just because he is like, it's like, fuck you. Why are you trying to direct as I lay dying? You fucking idiot. Pick a fucking lane and try your best to be mediocre at it. Yeah. Um, so you saw that I was gonna like five points ago. I was gonna try to remember something to bring up. Well, we were talking about Birdman. Sorry about that, but but to wrap up the interview, aside I'm from sorry. aside from James Franco, it might have been an enjoyable movie. <laughs> but unfortunately, he was like the main fucking character. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, like Rogan was fine. Lizzie Kaplan was a, sh- a shitty character. Like I like Lizzie Kaplan, and that character didn't do her justice at all um the guy who played kim jong-un was kind of really great <laughs> um, that's the, he's gonna be on that new 
uh, ABC show that seems very racist, but apparently isn't. Uh, off the boat. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's why it's incredibly racist. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's called Off the Fucking yeah. Boat. Uh, oh, I also watched Into the Woods. I that's the thing I remember that I wanted to bring up. I know okay. you saw Into the Woods, and I wanted to make sure to talk about this because I was never a fan of that musical. Being again, us being kind of theater guys, yeah. and I know a lot of people that were very much into that musical. So when I saw on Facebook like you and Liz and other people like in that kind of yeah. realm wanted to see it, and seeing like the vitriol like <laughs> came from most of them yeah. about it, and also you go on like Rotten Tomatoes and it got like in the seventies, eighties. Yeah. It's like in like the fifties for audience review. Like people mm-hmm. do not like this movie. No, uh, and you are one of them. I'm guessing. Um, I'm indifferent, kind of. Like the stuff to make fun of it about is a lot of fun to make fun of it about. Okay. But just as a movie, it just seemed misguided. It looked fine. It looked fine. Say what you will about Rob Marshall. That movie looked just fine. And the performances were good. You know, everyone did a really good job at what, at what they got hired to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agony was the, the high part of the movie. Um, here's the, I, I don't have. A lot of people have a lot of connection to that show and take a lot of ownership over Into the Woods. A lot right. of people have performed it in, in high school or whatnot. I don't. I've seen it like once and I didn't really remember it that well. Yeah, I've just heard all the songs. That's really yeah. it for me. Agony Crushed. Uh, like, try to seek that out once it comes out on like Blu-ray or whatever. But everything else, it they, they didn't adopt. They didn't adopt it for cinema. It was a two-act play instead of a three-act movie. And it just... That was like two and a half hours. That felt like three and a half hours. That one was rough to get through. I don't know if it's because I didn't pee to begin with, but it was long. Uh, and But yeah, Anna Kendrick was great. I, I mean, I love her in anything she does. Yeah, agreed. Uh, uh, who else? Um, the guy who's going to be taking over for Craig Ferguson was great. Um right. Uh, the the kid that played Gavroche is is Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk, and uh, it was great when I re- realized that w- that's what that voice was. Um, you know, little people fighting, and uh, and Johnny Depp was a fever dream. <laughs> he was a Tex Avery fever dream. That's ridiculous. He was in a fucking zoot suit. He's in this, this, oh my God. Like Liz and I were in the car for like 20 minutes, just riffing. You should have recorded this. I, I wish I did. I'll try to summarize as best I can. This is, yes, it's all fantasy and fantastical, but you're clearly placing this in a, a time period where, Did you just have a stroke? Chain wallets and suspe- and hats with fe- the zoot suits don't exist. Spats for your shoes weren't a thing yet. He just had, and it just looked so shitty. Like he had these shitty whiskers that looked like fucking pipe cleaners. And it, you could see the seams on his glove. So like, was he supposed to be a wolf? And was, uh, just in shitty costumes because they just had shitty costumes for him even though everything else was in the movie was 
good looking or was he a, a man dressed as a wolf who for whatever reason he was a future man because he knew of future st styles and fashions and he even as little red riding hood is just walking through the the, the, the woods he, like you know and he approaches her in in a super like it's oh man like creeper status hitting one hundo on the gun and I'm looking at a picture of him right now. So in one point in the movie, does he open up his jacket and offer, like, jewelry? That's where I was going with that! <laughs> he just, like, pulls it out like he's a fucking New York, like, street vendor or some shit. And he's like, no, nobody in that era knows what, oh, what is happening here? This is batshit insane. And not only that, but, like, they tell the story of Little Red Riding Hood in that in that span. And then, like... They get eaten, and then the baker comes. Uh, spoiler alert, if you're not familiar with Into the Woods, the baker comes. <laughs> or fucking Little Red Riding Hood, for Christ's sake. Or Little Red Riding Hood. And it's also just funny how they approach each different fairy tale, because some they, like, fudge a little, some they fudge a lot, and some they don't fudge at all. Little Red Riding Hood, they didn't fudge at all, but they told the story twice. So not only do you see it unfold, but after the baker comes in and rescues... Little Red Riding Hood and the grandmother, she tells the whole story again and they like show it in stylized flashback for no reason. So like, it's like they shot that. That's the, the second telling before they actually shot the first time with Johnny Depp, just in case he backed out. Just in case he was too hung over from his life. Just in case he, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. It's, oh my God. It was five minutes of a two and a half hour movie. And it was not, it was a short film within a, th it was just fucking ridiculous. Like looking at it, I have, I have many different things. So he looks like a rejected Dick Tracy character. Yes. He looks like a, a, a hairy transvestite pimp. He looks like, yeah. but the thing he looks like the most is it drives me crazy. It looks like. He was like the main character in one of those shitty live action Dr. Seuss books. Yeah. That they're like, oh, well, how are we going to do this? Well, cat in the hat, huh? He's yeah, well, make him a giant fucking ugly ass, weird Mike Myers looking cat. Fucking wolf in the bolf or something. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> he just. <sighs> yeah, it looks, it looks fucking ridiculous. There's so much more we went on about too with this. It's just well, I I wanted I wanted to get your thoughts on it and see if you were kind of in line with everybody else. Now uh, I have to. It was fine though. It was fine to watch. It's just story wise, it doesn't make sense because they didn't change like they didn't change it for a movie. Yeah. You know, if they if they had done one of two things, one, given you an intermission in the movie, <laughs> as if it like were gods a play. and generals, right? You shut your mouth as if it were a play, <laughs> then fine. Cool. Awesome. Or if they had just saved the second half of the movie for the sequel, dope as fuck too. Fine. Perfect. It works. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Uh, and it's official. Former Jets GM Mike Tannenbaum hired his team's executive VP of football operations. Oh, that'd fuck. be we're gonna get to sports here in a minute. Um, the only the only other things I've seen besides Birdman were I don't know if we talked about. I was about so show. perfectly fucking calm earlier. 
I I think I've, I told you about it in the podcast. I saw the Hunger Games because my wife. Um, my wife. Because my wife. It, it was, you know, it, it definitely was the worst one of the three. I, I don't have problems with those movies. Um, it's better than going to see Twilight or any of the other teen shit because at least it's got good acting in it. It was um, actually, uh, it wasn't until they started coming out with the previews for the Hunger Games that it dawned on me that the actual games of the Hunger Games aren't going to be involved in any story going forward. You know, it's, yeah, it's done. It's like, yeah, there's no more Hunger Games. Now it's, it's like, like the, the fallout. Most, that was kind of like the most interesting part for me. And I don't no, think I agree. I'm gonna, me too. I don't think I'm going to continue. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of see the writing. Well, it's like the Matrix movies. Like at the second Matrix movie, it's like, oh, well, OK, well, everything else from here on out is just like the fallout of all this shit. Like the Terminator movies. I don't want to see the war. I don't want to see it. I want to see people going, keep going back into time to try to prevent whatever's going on. Did you see the teaser trailer or whatever? For, for Terminator? Next, yeah, for the next one. Yeah, it looks like maybe one of the worst movies that'll ever happen. It's maybe one of the worst trailers that ever happened. It's so bad. It's fucking terrible. It's, it's, it is agonizingly awful. And it's full of people I don't like. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that, before I get back to Hunger Games, uh, do you see... Have you seen the Mad Max trailer? Not the full length one, no. That looks like a fucking fever dream, <laughs> but in the best way possible. Yeah, it looks insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Hunger Games. Yeah, it's just gonna be about the Fallout, and it's like I just don't care. Um, uh, the other thing I saw was Big Hero Six, which was just delightful. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. And it's then just, like I completely just, forgot about it. I completely forgot that was a movie this year. And and the Disney shorts just knocked it out of the park again with another great short that was yeah. just like it's like don't fucking cry mullet. Come on, you got this. It's only the short, you bastard. <laughs> Nothing worse than crying at a four minute like animated short. But I survived. <laughs> I managed to suck it up and not cry. Um Whiplash. I was going to see it. We had it for a couple weeks. <laughs> We were going to do a double feature, and we decided to only do one because I was like, oh, well, Whiplash will still be there, and it's gone. And hopefully we get it back sometime soon. But it's like the number one movie I wanted to watch this entire season just because of everything I heard, and I fucking love J.K. Simmons. Tell me it was everything I wanted more. It's everything you want and more. Oh, no. Yeah. it's. God. And here's the thing. It's not necessarily a movie you need to see on the big screen. Uh, so you're not missing out on an experience uh, like Robert and I had with the rudest old people. <laughs> what happened? They just don't say excuse me and they just fucking run into your legs and don't give a shit and are general, just general menaces to society. I think that movie has a different theme, but go on. But my point is still the same. Okay. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just... Um, it's intense. It is what it's it's the most white knuckle movie you can make about jazz drumming. Hell yeah. And if you've ever been passionate about anything, you'll leave that movie so pumped and so just jacked to insp aspire to achieve a level of greatness that few ever so do okay um it's it's definitely one of the most inspiring movies i've seen in a long time okay after that movie i'm just like i want to be the the best 
oh, what do I want to be? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I know what I want to be. And we'll get right. there. But it, it really just fucking <laughs> pumps you up so, to such a level of it's, oh, my God. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and Miles Teller, is, he's he, like, he's getting a lot of love and he's fine. He's fine. Um, you know, he's good. I, I, he just didn't hold a candle to J.K. Simmons. I've, I've loved him since he threatened to punch that bleaker kid in the wiener. And he does. <laughs> <laughs> they just bring Michael Sarah on screen for like five seconds. We can punch him in the dick and then move on. Not my fucking tempo. And then he punches him in the dick. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he like he is like I said. I haven't seen that many Oscar movies. There's still a lot that we haven't even talked about. It feels like um, okay. I want the next movie I want to see is Foxcatcher. But yeah, I want to see it too. It's getting a lot of like mixed reactions, but I think a lot of that's because the guy that Channing Tatum plays is actually like crazy in real life. Yeah, but as it stands right now, J.K. Simmons is in my driver's seat for best uh, supporting anyway and that's what everyone's been saying and i i probably probably will it's also probably agree. a good thing that you're you're allowing yourself some time between whiplash and birdman just for an overload of drumming Fucking drumming that's the thing i was going to bring up was like I, I love me some drums but holy hell yeah yeah <laughs> it, it was you're doing tiring. good by allowing yourself a little bit of leeway between the two all right good um I was going to bring something up. Another good movie I know I've mentioned before is Obvious Child that happened this year. Yeah, I know um, you really like that. Um, you know, again, movies that you don't necessarily need to see in a theater, even though I did. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Paul Reiser is in Whiplash. And oh, good. Two days ago, I, I saw another movie that had Paul Reiser in it. That's right. I've seen two Paul Reiser movies in 2014. <laughs> uh, I watched Life After Beth. Um was the movie you were talking about uh, on Picked Up with a Duplass Brothers movie? No, 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 no. That was uh, the one I love, which oh, yeah, I also yeah. highly recommend watching. Right. Really, really good. Uh, Life After Beth is with Aubrey Plaza, where she comes back as a zombie. Um, and she's like, oh, but, okay, yes, yes. Yeah. It's another movie by A24, the same studio that did Obvious Child, and they did Tusk. I haven't seen Tusk yet. They've done, uh, I think. Oh, they did. Uh, what's that? A most violent year? Is that a movie? Yeah, they mm-hmm. did that. The one, one as with well. uh, Jessica Chastain. Yep. Yeah, they're uh, doing a bunch of stuff. I think they're the ones that did. Uh... No, never mind. That's totally wrong. They are doing a bunch of stuff though. A lot of, a lot yeah. of if not good, interesting stuff. Different stuff. Which yes. Works. Um, and it was, you know, Life After Beth. Not necessarily a movie you need to like rush to your Amazon Prime account to watch, but it was, it was good. It was cute. Okay. Yeah, and that's uh, now we're in the new year, so it's going to be a while. Um, I I have Selma in our movie league, and I'm probably not going to go see it just because I don't want to be sad, even though it's supposed to be amazing. Yeah. Um, same thing with uh, Sam's mom saw Imitation Game. I just have no interest. She said it was great. We almost saw it, and I was just like, I. Same thing with that in theory of everything. I'm just like, yeah, I just don't. I just don't care. I couldn't drum up the interest if I were those people that they're portraying. <laughs> Ooh, let's see what Benedict Cumberbatch has to say about me, Alan Turk. <laughs> no, no, thank you. I'll pass. I mean, that's probably not even close to what he sounds like. He's British, probably, right? I thought 
Alan Turing was on the other line with you. <laughs> hey, good. I finally have a character. Awesome. <laughs> Took me long enough. Oh, God. Uh, uh, spoiler for, well, not that it's happened yet, but either on Blank Slate or Picked Up, I need to get Robert to do his uh, his David Lynch. Oh, I like I like David Lynch and like Louis. <laughs> Just David Lynch. Okay, good. Because that's the first thing I think of is like if I think of an impression, I'm gonna want it that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, okay. No, I'm on board. Well, David Lynch on Louis was just David Lynch. No, I know, but like that's the first thing. Like I can't imagine. I can't remember the the last time I saw David Lynch. Besides that, is what I meant. You know, David Lynch has an album, right? <laughs> yeah, I've, I think we've talked about this before, okay. and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I just imagine it's uh, what's that guy's name? Like a Leonard Bernstein album. And he's just like, <laughs> just weird noises and fucking yeah. awkward shit. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, all right, so we talk movies, we talk TV. Oh man, do, neither one of us want to talk sports, so let's just not do it. <laughs> like er, I'm with you, baby. Fuck them. <laughs> give the people what they want. Not. Let's not give the people what they want. Uh, I'm with you, baby. Fuck him. Uh, reminds me of uh, Jamie Foxx at that roast, which reminds me that I've watched all the comedians in cars getting coffee, which reminds me on the Sarah Silverman episode. She talks about that and that she actually met that guy, uh, Doug Williams. Oh, uh, no. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up Jamie Foxx roast Doug Williams in which Doug Williams is up at the at the podium supposed to be roasting people and jamie fox over his lapel mic eviscerates him while he's supposed to be roasting people single-handedly you'll watch whatever semblance of a career that could have come from that moment disappear and die so it is filthy so sarah silverman is talking about this time where they were at this show or function or something like that and uh like they introduce each other and it like clicks with her on four different levels or like three different levels of just like, oh, 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 hi. <laughs> like, oh, I recognize who you were. I, I recognize what I recognize you from. Oh, my God. I'm so excited that I'm seeing you in person. Oh, God, that horrible thing happened to you. <laughs> oh, now I and then and then finally, oh, I got to make it seem as though. None of those emotions just happened for me. And then I have to be like, all right, can you finally park my car? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing she'd run into Moose Johnson and he threw a chair at her, <laughs> which that clip does not exist. I've scoured it yeah. on the same on the same roast. Uh, Daryl Moose Johnson, who you can listen to ruin whatever broadcast he's broadcasting for on Fox uh, on Sundays for football. Uh, he didn't get the concept of a roast. He showed up and thought it was like an actual event to like honor Emmett Smith, who he used to block for. So he gives like this fucking like 10 or 15 minute soliloquy. Like he's like crying, I think almost about like how much <laughs> Emmett Smith means to me. And Jimmy Parker does the same exact stuff, starts fucking with him. Like you start fucking with him on the mic. Like, hey, Moose, you know, uh, Moose, you need to lighten his, like, you know, whatever, whatever he tells it. And Moose starts to get pissed. So like he finally wraps it up leaves and jamie fox comes back and says something and from off stage gerald uh, moose johnson throws a chair at jamie fox and leaves <laughs> so so if you watch uh the jeff ross part of the roast and when jeff ross comes on 
he tries to alleviate the, the tension by going, I'm not going to be too long because Moose Johnson did all my shit. <laughs> and thankfully, he was gone or chained up or something to where he didn't come and rip Jeff Ross's spine out. But, uh, yeah, it's it's probably the best roast that wasn't, a, like, ever anything. But it was like a pay-per-view roast. Like, you had to pay $19.99 to see this. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> It and, like, and you know what? It, it probably was worth every penny at the time. It was like a Dean Martin roast that hadn't already happened. <laughs> exactly. Like, what's the, name of that, uh, what's the name of that comedian that does all the impressions? Oh, this is going to drive me insane. Rich Little. Like, Rich Little wasn't, like, in the commercial doing his Jamie Foxx impression. Thankfully. <laughs> it was insane. Uh, all right. I think we successfully escorted past the, uh, the sports topic. So... Well, Mad Men ends this year. It does. I need to sit down. I'm I'm really behind on rewatching every episode. Like I said, I was going to. <laughs> yeah, you kind of dropped the ball on that one. Uh, yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, but I am going to try and work as soon as the um. Write it down. Take a picture of it. The week before the final episode, you, me, and Tony are going to go nuts yes. and have like a mega Mad Men pod where I want to give like every award. I have a giant list on my phone. Um. Of just stuff to do with that. Uh, so yeah, Mad Men ends this year. I'm I'm starting to get a little teary-eyed about it. I saw a couple articles. The thing that's gonna piss me off about it is that it's gonna it's gonna go out with a whimper, not in actual content, but in terms of importance and publicity. I feel like. Yeah. Well, it's always been an underviewed show. But but do you remember? Uh, but when you and I got on the same page in terms of watching it mm-hmm. right before the fifth season. Mm-hmm. Right before the fifth season came back, because I, I, the first like actual live season that I watched was the fourth season. Yeah. So for the fifth season, when we were on the same page, there was like a the buzz about it. It was you know it had good ratings and everyone's like the best show on TV is back and all this stuff. And then like and then the fifth season was probably the weakest season it ever had. And then they had a two hour season premiere with Zooby Zooby Zoo. <laughs> uh. And yeah, and then that ent- well, that just that entire season, and then it just lost so much steam. Yeah, and then and then people just started hating on it because it was the thing to do. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, the show that used to be good, yeah, it fucking sucks now. And now the past season and a half, it's been great again. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, that show's still on, cool, awesome, good for it. Whatever. And it doesn't it doesn't get nominated for shit anymore. It just sucks. This is it's. But you know what? Let them do whatever they're going to do. Let them watch whatever they're going to watch. This is for us. Yeah, Fuck it's that. for us, but I want, but I know I just, I having an, like an emotional attachment to it. Like I want it to kind of get like the breaking bad send off and that everyone's like, Oh my God, this is like finally realizing how great it is and how much is going to be missed and has this big, really long farewell. It's just not that show though. And it's just, it never was going to be, but it could be, it never was going to be. Um, you know, Ham will get nominated again. I'm excited for John Ham to finally be able to be free to be the best comedic actor in <laughs> entertainment. Because he's probably, he's got, like, all of his friends are comedians, I'm pretty sure. And he's funnier than fucking all of them. Yeah, he, he's. It's, he, he is a five-tool player. He is. But unfortunately, he does shit like Million Dollar Arm. And I hope that he realizes that he should just be like, oh, yeah, Kristen, you got a movie coming out? All right, cool. Yeah, I'll be the, I'll be the male lead Fuck instead that. of the he weird. He probably got like 30 different favors from Million Dollar Arm that he can call in when he needs to. What, from Asif Manvi? No, from, you know, like 
Disney and shit. True. I just, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to blame it all on, on Matthew Weiner's kid. And. Oh, when in doubt, always (laughs) between fucking shit spawn Weiner and, and, uh, uh, January Jones. I watched Fat Betty the other day. It made me feel great. Oh, I, I try to do that every six months. <laughs> you have an alarm set on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> or like an event that's yeah. set up. It's like, oh, time to watch Fat Betty. <laughs> Going back to her ice cream, man. Well, blam. I'm also so, yeah, looking so. forward to the, the rich summer breakout career. Hey, man, I, I hate to tell you, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> Whatever, man. He was great on the league. He was he was great, and uh, he was great on that one episode of Law and Order SVU, where he watched his girlfriend get raped via Skype. That was disgusting, by the way. Not the Skype rape, but on the last blank slate, when you and Witten identified an actor, identified Kyle. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Somebody known for oh, I don't know, Twin Peaks. Or, like, a bunch of other prolific shit that Like, Showgirls, Dune, like, a ton of amazing stuff. That was disgusting. I, oh, if you haven't listened to it, go back, listen to the last episode of Blank Slate. Can I defend, can I defend myself? No! Because Chris Noth used to be a a regular on Law & Order. So if I hear Law & Order and, and Sex and the City, I'm, the first thing I'm gonna say is Chris Noth. I, I didn't know he was Mr. Big. I just knew he was Chris Noth. You didn't know he was Mr. Big? Widden knew he was Mr. Big. And that's when Augie, Widden, told, Widden owes us, by the way, an explanation about Augie asking, how much you know so much about sex in the city? Because he just kept going on with his question. <laughs> and then I, I bailed him out with Kyle McLaughlin because that's he was on the show and he had a very yeah, yeah. memorable episode. Um, right. So I got, I got lucky, okay? Um, I, I'm going to not we've already fucked up by talking about comic clock like twice in two podcasts um but and not having robert here to do is david lynch uh sure so another podcast that you me and tony need to do is a walking dead podcast yes we do we um, should do that soon and before the before it comes back i'll i'll remind him tonight when i see him for louis um uh and did you see where they're going to set the spinoff la yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, I, I'm glad it's very far away. Me too. But I, I, I feel like there could have been a better area. Like, what? How are you gonna do that? I just thought L.A. was well. It's very easy because it'll all be local, and they'll probably be able to get actors easier because it's there. True, but I just and I, and sound stages and everything. You know, there's true. It'll it's just be not a as lot juicy. less on location. I just think it was a, it was just it was a lazy choice, if you ask me. Um, yeah, I would have much preferred something like not like a that Chicago I know exactly or a Detroit all that goes into or... getting a fucking show made. I mean, I right. do, but I've never gone through it, so I know it's not a lazy endeavor at all. But still, like, I would have fuck just pick someplace interesting. Like, I would have loved to have seen, you know, a, a, a Walking Dead spinoff in like Seattle or Portland or something. Yeah. Or, you know, like in, in, or someplace in fucking eh, Pittsburgh. Fucking, I don't know. Well, Pittsburgh is like every Romero movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like Chicago or like a That's big say, city yeah. or something like that. LA is the safe choice because I fear, I think that they fear 
that it's going to get off to a hot start, but then it's going to taper off. So I feel like by doing it in L.A., they're going to draw more people in initially and mm-hmm. and have a, a bigger return. Also, I, I fear – I don't think this is necessarily the case, but like could they do like – could they make it like the Walking Dead love boat? And it's like, well, they're in L.A. Hey, look who's still alive in L.A., Cuba Gooding Jr. All right. well, one, and then, and then <laughs> like, he one, shows up for a couple episodes. Okay. Uh, they've talked about this uh, most recently, the past few times, on, on BS Report. They've mentioned, like, just have, like, Atlanta people. Like, you know, uh, fucking Kyle Corver could still be, like, alive or something like that, right? Even though he looks like a zombie already. But, Fuck but it. I've, I've said this. I said this fucking years ago. Like... It's feasible if you go into Atlanta that like Al Horford would still be alive or fucking Absolutely. or like, you know, Matt Ryan could still be kicking around somewhere or even then like show them as zombies. I was saying this in like season fucking two when they were stuck on that farm. Like, yeah, you could totally do this and it would make sense. It would also give like legitimate like it would kind of bleed the universes between this, you know, false post-apocalyptic world and the actual real world and if that were to happen i would fucking love that i would love that hell yeah give me kuba gooding jr in a fucking walking dead spinoff as himself it would- i i fear that we're gonna get it i i think i feel like we could get it but if we get it it's gonna be way too much and it's like every week it's gonna be another zombie or whatever you the, the thing i i i embrace that show i want that show the the thing that i wanted to bring up was in the comic in the walking dead comic um which you started to read finally right mm-hmm. uh tyrese is a professional football player in the comic book he's oh. an nfl player okay and it's never been addressed on the television show and it drives me crazy <laughs> um like because in the comics they're like oh yeah aren't you and he's like yeah tyrese whatever his last name is i uh, i played for the falcons i think that's more so what i'm i'm yearning for is just the idea of there being celebrity in still in this world. universe yeah because you're or even just they, they they some of them have survived yeah or or they haven't and you wreck you like are going to fight a zombie and you're like wait is that no oh shit that's jamal anderson <laughs> You do the dirty bird in front of him before you shoot him in the head. <laughs> and he, like, through his sense memory, starts to kind of do it zombie-like with uh, you. <laughs> exactly. Then it turns into Thriller and the whole thing's fucked. <laughs> but, but, yeah. Um, yeah I well, wish they went somewhere else with it. Something, something random to do really quickly. What are the professions of everybody on The Walking Dead? So Rick was a cop. Yes. Michonne was an attorney, I think. Something like that. I, again, I'm, it's it's hard to fuse comics and show together, but I'm pretty sure in the comic book she's like a former attorney or something like that. Um, Daryl's purposely ambiguous. Yeah. He, nothing, basically. He was a drug he was, addict. He junkie. was a son of anarchy. Exactly. Uh, I don't think we know what Carol allegedly did. I think I think we could talk about this on... On that? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But that's the thing. The thing I want to get to is also like Glenn's a fucking pizza boy. And he's still alive for Christ's sake. Hey man, See, it just goes to show you can reinvent yourself in the, the post-apocalyptic world. Sure. So I can't wait until boy. the zombie apocalypse happen and I become a florist. <laughs> uh, I the thing I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that if a pizza boy can live, then fucking uh we're running out of sports, then Chipper Jones can still be alive. Actually he'd be yeah, he'd definitely be alive. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, 
yeah, I mean, he'd be hitting for average and not power, so I don't know if he'd be getting a lot of kills, but I agree. Oh, John I Smoltz, sports. maybe. Let's just say sports. We can talk about baseball for once. Hammer and <laughs> so Hank avoid... Aaron would still be a lot. Absolutely, I'd want Hammer and Hank Aaron on my, on my uh, uh, you know, colony. Yeah, um, to uh to avoid the other two sports, the Hall of Fame for baseball had their uh had their stuff today. Cool, man. Hey, you know what? I'm glad that you know we're at the tail end of caring about these people. <laughs> but like, yeah, good for Randy Johnson, good for Pedro, good for John Smoltz, good for these guys that actually were great and did it legit. You know, because in 15 years we're not going to have Hall of Fame. So, <laughs> what five? What am I? <laughs> 15 and yeah. five years we're not going to have anything. Um. Yeah, and I think that's only the only thing that we can talk about. And we're almost sports right now. Yes. Yeah, the NFL playoffs, whatever. Correct. I do love how the promos for, that ESPN had for the Cardinals Panthers game last week. They didn't even, like show any players. They didn't show any highlights. They just showed showed the two logos in a time. <laughs> so y'all know what it is, and you know. Yeah, if you want to watch it, you can watch it. We can talk about your great fantasy season. Hell yeah! Well, I mean, that's most seasons. If I'm, if I can humble brag here, uh, most seasons I usually win multiple leagues. Um, I am hearing myself right now. Yeah, you sound like a fucking dick. Go on. I. But it's true. Yeah, no, I know. I, I said it. I've said it. I say to people, "You're the best fantasy player I know." I don't know what you do. Really? I mean, you I know what you that? do. What? You tell people that? Yeah. Like, oh. I, I I remember that weekend, My I, I told you the story, and she's not going to listen to this, or I at least texted or told somebody about having to explain to my mother why I could not win the fantasy football championship against you and how I was pissed that in five minutes I had already lost out on, like, 250 bucks. And just like having to explain, she's like, well, how, like, how does he do it? I'm like, he's the best fantasy player I know. Now, shut up. Like, so it's like in that context. And it's not like, yeah, you know who's really good at fantasy football? Rich. It's like fucking dickhead. Well, that's that's the emotion that fantasy is supposed to invoke. I wish I just wish that other fantasy sports were as fun to play. Because yeah. I have watched probably the least amount of football this season. Then, you know, uh, where where I was free on Sundays, whereas like there was a like three year stretch where I was like working retail and I was working every fucking Sunday, right? But yeah, like you know, barely watched any football, and I know I'm just rubbing it in because I won, but like I wish that I could, you know, watch. I wish I could enjoy playing fantasy basketball as much as I enjoy at watching actual basketball. Yeah, we we gave it a good run. We, we tried what two years? Yeah, we played about two. I, I I did a couple extra ones as well before and after um, yeah. that I got drugged into. But I just it's I I love the concept of roto. I really do. Yeah, but it just it just takes something out of you. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I I'd much rather sit on my fat ass and like play. If I want to have like fantasy basketball, I'll just play two K fifteen. Yeah. And I, that's that's the most fantasy I get because in that game, nope, don't go into it. Don't go into it right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to bring anything up because I know you can just bring up other shit that's just going to make me sad. I will say I will say one thing. I will say one thing. Uh-huh. And in the text I've had back and forth with Tony about this. Uh, 
So, of course, in 2K15, I am my team. I didn't have, I didn't do a fantasy draft for once. Uh, after the first game, LeBron got hurt, had a, had a strained back. It was thankfully just like day to day stuff. He was fine. Uh, the one thing about the team that I could not stand on the game was Dion Waiters coming off the bench. He is just as insane in the game as he is in real life. So I was like, man, I cannot wait to trade this fucking guy. I'm, I'm doing it right now. I had trades like I looked at him. None of them were that good. But finally, I'm like, you know what? I need to pull the trigger. He ruptured his Achilles and is out for the season. So I was so now I'm stuck with him until he comes back. So I had to plunk down the money and fucking sign Ray Allen. Which I don't know might be a good idea. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. I apologize for that. Um but I'm undefeated right now in uh and I'm ten to no in my uh in my game on my new PS4 I got for Christmas. It's a wonderful machine. I uh, I'm digging it. Our annual uh, tournament that we do on our other podcast will officially be streaming live on uh on the PlayStation network or whatever the fuck it's called. I'm still oh, yeah. new to it. It'll be streaming live. Uh but might have to do it over two days though. But we'll talk about that later. Um, just that's, and that's not even scheduling wise. That's just from what that game has done. The logistics and that game. Oh, that game. We'll talk about that too. <laughs> that fucking game. But uh, anything else, man? Um, no. I mean, there's some stuff that you know we can go into. Like you know, now that Mad Men's going to be gone, like what's going to be the best prestige show? Uh, you know, or or. We could, we could talk comedians. I kind of wanted to pick your brain about like you know what sort of who in comedy that you've been digging on and stuff like that. But I'm a little too out of the know to really. I, I like the, basically my comedians or who I catch on at midnight, and yeah. a lot of those people I really enjoy, but I don't have the time or the means or the effort to really seek them out. Except Funches, I I caught a couple of his specials and I, stuff. I think that might be my the thing I love the most about at midnight is yep. it's ability to expose you to new comedians. Like I, I never watched flight of the Concords, but because of Reese Darby on at midnight, yeah. I would love this. I'm going to watch flight of the Cor- Concords. I didn't watch his show on FX, but I really, really dig Jim Jeffries. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was always a fan of Steve Agee before, but now I fucking, if Steve Agee's he's playing great. anywhere in town, I would because he's right after Ron Funches for me for mm-hmm. who I love on that show. Like, you know, it, it's totally given me more of a passion than I would have normally. Yeah. So I have actually people to name, but I don't have anything further to go into at the moment. Right. But I will hopefully in the future. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, and prestige show. Anything? Um, Not really that I watch. I mean, because I. Uh, I can't. I don't watch Game of Thrones, and that's not even really prestige. That's no. kind of on a different level. There, I don't think there is one. I think it's. I think it's vacant at the moment. It's uh, halt, halt and catch fire. Maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, do you know, oh, I don't know. Let me dramatically show you all the scars on my body. Do you know that that sack of shit got picked up? Of course it did, because AMC is desperate, and and they they had that huge slate of like reality based shows that were going to be really good that they just canceled. Like they were (laughs) what all of them, all of them. They were going to do, not only did they have the, uh, the, the Billy Corgan show, uh, but they also were going to do the uh, Chris Hardwick celebrity bowling, which 
Yeah. If you haven't watched on YouTube on the Nerdist channel, just go ahead and let yourself watch those for two hours. They're incredibly entertaining and they get yep. actual celebrities and it's an awesome show. And if it was going to be like an actual well. TV show, it would have been great. They haven't done any of them since the WWE one, right? No, cool. It's something else. Oh, I can't talk about it. No, shut up. <laughs> uh, Damn it. I actually haven't checked. Um, I've been. No, they haven't. I'm looking at it right now. They haven't. Damn. Well, probably because they were going to make an actual show out of it. Yeah. Um, like they were shooting episodes and everything. But yeah, AMC's fucking desperate. They got Better Call Saul coming up, which I don't think is going to be a prestige show, but it might be cute just because Odenkirk's good and, you know, we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 excited about it, but I'm a very much wait and see on that. I'm uh, I'm worried it's gonna suck. Fucking, I as far as uh, probably best prestige shows, it's it's gonna be the Nick. The Nick for is, you, huh? For you or in general? I think in general, I think that's gonna take the torch. Hopefully, because it's on what Showtime it's or Cinemax. Something. I thought. It, it, no, you're right. It is Cinemax. Yeah, that immediately disqualifies it from being the prestige show. It's on Cinemax. Well, it disqualifies it from getting a decent amount of eyes on it, but critics fucking love that show, and it it definitely fucking could be because it, it the end Wait, of that every is just, every episode is directed by Soderbergh. Yeah, they shot oh. it movie style, so every scene that was in the hospital throughout the whole season they shot in the hospital at the like in that block of time. Every episode that was at you know uh, Clive Owen's characters uh apartment they for the whole season they shot them at the same time hmm. yeah yeah it's got uh yeah it's it's throwing up point threes and point fours yeah no it's not gonna be watched but it's gonna be loved and they they renewed it too and it's really fucking good yeah i just i i again i don't have the means to watch it um i do but i don't you know i, I as of right now, there is none for me personally that I feel like have the potential. You're going to be in three seasons going, I started the neck. Oh, my God. Right. Probably. Uh, probably. But, you know, I don't see anything else. You know, I think actually I do. True Detective, I think, has the potential if it can get through this season. If it can get through this season unscathed. Well, that's a different type of show, though. I mean, I, I'm, it is. I'm talking is. more so kind of like a season by season, more traditional type show. True. And I'm trying to think if there's anything on FX that could be that show. Maybe The Americans, which I haven't watched. I haven't watched it either. Um, but something like a lot. Like if you look at what's getting like nominated for stuff. What is getting nominated for stuff? I'll right, right now. I'll give it right now. Hold on. Um, all right, so Golden Globe Awards, which again you have to take it with a grain of salt because Golden Globes just wants whoever they can get into the the room. Yeah, but still they're very interesting. So for drama, The Affair, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, Good Wife, and House of Cards, not not very good. House man, House of Cards, the first season was a very serious prestige show, like could have been like legit. Second season was fucking batshit crazy. Which is exactly the same thing with Homeland. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, Homeland's back," and then like now I hear like it was back for like a few episodes a season, and the season finale yeah. was like insulting, like killing level insulting. Yeah. Uh, even uh, let's see, musical and comedy: mm-hmm. Girls, Jane the Virgin, Orange Is the New Black, Silicon Valley, and Transparent. Um, they totally shunned a lot of the 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 known stuff. Like there's no Modern Family, there's no uh, Nurse Jackie, there's no Veep. At least for best series, so Thank that's God, that's no, good at least. 
um, actor in the drama, Clive Owen, the Nick, Liev Schreiber, and Ray Donovan. You could not pay me to watch that show for some reason. <laughs> uh, Spacey, The Blacklist, which I actually have been interested in, but I just I can't watch I can't watch network dramas uh, really. And uh, Dominic West in The Affair, actress Claire Danes, Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder, Juliana Margulies, The Good Wife. Yeah, this is depressing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Best actor in a comedy, Louis Cheadle, Gervais, William H. Macy, and Jeffrey Tambor. I do want to watch House of Lies. There's a lot of people. I don't I don't know anything about that show, but that cast is full of people that I just love. I'm shocked it's still on the air. Like No, Best Supporting, uh again, it, it's mixed with miniseries, and a lot of them are from miniseries. Yeah. The only one that isn't is uh The Good Wife, Ray Donovan. And Miles and Janie and Mom, of course. But, uh... Well, on that note... (laughs) On Alice and Janie... What's the thing you're most looking forward to in the new year? In 2015? Yeah. Just overall? uh, If there's anything specific or, you know, or overall or whatever. I just thought you were talking about, like, a genre. Uh, No, just in general. Looking forward to seeing my mom on her birthday because I'm not going to Ohio in June anymore. (laughs) <laughs> i know that was supposed to be a positive but that still came off really depressing <laughs> i had to get that out man i <laughs> i had to say that out loud before i exploded from inside um no i'm looking forward to i'm i'm a, there's some it's gonna be a really good movie year in terms of of quality blockbusters uh, Avengers, there's uh, I didn't think Jurassic World trailer was great but I still have high hopes um, I'm, I'm, setting, I'm setting a low expectation bar on that movie for me so am I, like a lot of people were super excited about it, you I, just said you had high hopes well no, I, I have I, I'm sorry, I, I had high hopes and now I'm, I'm peeling them back but I still think it could be good get ready for Chris Pratt to be terrible in that movie yeah no I know I'm warning, I, keep, I'm warning people now I can see it in the trailer. The trailer fucking people are like, yes. And I'm like, no, it's, t- it's too much right now. No. Uh, but there's a lot of really interesting stuff coming out that I feel like, uh, and uh, including some original stuff like Tomorrowland, Chappie, and the, the Pixar movies, hopefully returning to form. That could be could be very, very good. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the end of Mad Men. Mad Men's probably my number one. Okay. It's, is, is my favorite show of all time, finally bowing and leaving um but i'm used to bowing and leaving so it'll be okay because they always come back okay i i'm gonna i'm gonna stop wrap up the show (laughs) and i'm gonna go get a rope (laughs) uh yeah but then we're just gonna get the manuel spinoff the what (laughs) what who was the 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 spanish person that bob benson was talking to yeah, Manuel. Yeah. You said it you said like Manuel. I was like, who? Manuel. You mean so. the person that killed Pete's mom that yeah. was gay? Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get that okay. spin off. Okay, yeah, there's been some weird <laughs> shit that's happened on Mad Men, so yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's okay. So yeah. Do you, do you want me to do the plugs or you got them? Oh no no no. Oh well, what you. are you what are you uh, what are you excited? I didn't get your answer. <laughs> he got the hint. It's um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to uh, fantasy football next year. Uh, Dick. 
mostly I'm looking forward to us. I'm looking forward to what we as a collective are going to bring you in 2015. We're going to blow down your barn. That's not a saying. And that's a felony. <laughs> let's 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 hey, hey yeah, we're good. We're going to be okay. All right. <laughs> No, I, Rich is right. We're gonna we're gonna kick some ass, and we're gonna fuck. We're gonna we're gonna fucking blow up. This is the year. I just read the twenty podcasts you should be listening to on EW. We're gonna have like three of them next year. I wholeheartedly believe that. And Podswoggle. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's not in there. <laughs> it's not even there. So, oh yeah, I forgot that I was. Had the yeah, you're, you're the one. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, That'll do it for this episode of the Blank Slate. Uh, oh, pause. Sorry. Yeah. I do remember the one other thing that I'm very excited about. Because uh, I'm not like a late night TV person, uh-huh. but I want to see oh, what Colbert has. Yeah. Colbert starts in like, I said Colbert starts, I think, what, like April or May or something like that? I don't remember when he starts. Um, I'm pretty sure it's next year. Um, Colbert, late night. It'll be interesting to see him in that light. But I'm just interested in seeing the new, our generation's late night being complete with him and mm-hmm. Kimmel and Fallon uh, and, and Conan or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad for him. But, yeah, I'm excited for that. And I, 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 I'm, I'm hopefully we have things to tell our kids about, like our, our parents had about, you know, Leno and – well, not Leno, but Carson and Letterman, that kind of thing. I had this thought the other day. Uh, not to add 20 more minutes to this fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, no. But back in like Carson's day, whenever he was off on vacation or whatever, they always brought in a guest host to keep the show going while they were gone. Right. And now shows just go in reruns for two weeks. Sometimes they do. I, I think some shows, like I remember like when Letterman always had like his illnesses, like he would always have like Regis or somebody else come on, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And same thing with um, the most I recent just, has been Daily Show with John Oliver and he got right, a show but, out of it. Actually, I just remember there was somebody I remember seeing on that minute, like Drew Carey hosted a show. I think it was Craig Ferguson's maybe. Oh, uh, I didn't know that, but that's cute. Yeah, the Late Late Show was like had like people like guest hosts like Judd Apatow, John Mayer, Drew Carey. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, people like that. So it still happens. But not but... the Tonight Show, though. Like Leno no. didn't let that show out of his fucking grip. No, because he knew he would be <clears throat> exposed. He's exposed. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. That was always a cool thing to think about and like talk and hear people talk about like, yeah, when when Don Rickles, you know, guest hosted The Tonight Show or whatever, or when Joan Rivers guest hosted The Tonight Show. Right. It's like, oh, that's fucking cool. I wish like on a bigger scale that happened, you know, more and not just for, you know, somebody having to get a fucking quadruple bypass. But, you know, they're just on vacation and they needed somebody to fill in. Uh, It's kind of off topic. I'm sorry. Uh. But it's kind of because I, I mentioned Regis and I was like, is Regis Philbin alive? So I went to Regis Philbin's Wikipedia page. He is. The, I haven't even scrolled down yet and I am enthralled. This can't, uh, Robert and I had a conversation at a coffee shop the other day about Regis Philbin, Philbin. And I was like, the one memory that I, not even memory, but the one thing that I know about Regis pre uh, live with him and Kathy Lee 
was that like he had albums or something? Yeah. All right. Here. Hey, let's wrap up the show and let's do like a quick ten or fifteen minute blank slate on Regis Philbin, huh? <laughs> Agreed. Like, I so can't if you want to hear more like, about Regis, titling this episode and the last thing be Regis Philbin. Yeah. No, but that's why I want it to be its own thing, like episode twenty nine. Oh, Regis just Philbin. as a separate mini. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So it's like end this, and then like if you want to hear more about Regis, listen next week. <laughs> subscribe I, it'll automatically download so you won't miss the hot regis philbin episode exactly right. like i said i haven't scrolled down and i have like four things already plus oh. something you said earlier that may remind me of something else about him so wrap this shit up so we can talk about regis okay so uh yeah be sure to follow us on twitter at blank slate pod shoot us an email blank slate podcast at gmail.com uh please 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 please, please subscribe to us on whatever podcatching software that you use Preferably iTunes if you have Apple products. And if you do, hit us up. Be a superior amazing person and give us a review and uh, rate us on iTunes. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out some of my own personal uh, uh, jokes and and projects, you can follow me at Rich Cammy on Twitter, at Rich Cammy4 on Instagram. Mullet. If you want to see my um, every other month freakouts about the Cavs or something otherwise, at your host mullet. And be sure to check out our home site and as well as our, our sister podcast uh, on the Podswoggle Network. We have picked up a TV show podcast with a couple guineas. Uh, we have Married with Movies, a movie podcast with married uh, white people. <laughs> uh, and uh, Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with just entertainment and a lot of races and jerks <laughs> and what and jerks we're jerks remember? and jerks i want to officially make that the name of the show <laughs> a wrestling podcast with jerks okay uh where was that four years five years ago yeah thanks dave uh so yeah thanks very much for listening and be sure be extra sure to listen to the next episode of the Goddamn right. slate. i'm so uh, excited so that's been a late little recap of 2014 uh, and, and preview of 2015. For Mullet, this is Rich. You can go ahead and delete this now. Catch us later. So now you can hear about Regis Philbin. Right in a week or so, probably. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit Podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment. <laughs>